Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Diamonds Rough podcast. You're probably coming from the East uh, podcast, so you know Brett's here still. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to be doing my West rankings, 15 to 1. The bottom three teams, we're really not going to spend a ton of time on because it's just not even worth it. And I think any of these three teams will be the bottom three teams. So. 15, I got the Thunder. They're definitely tanking. Yeah. Chet could be back in February, but he's done for the year. They already said Shy is out for a while. He is completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Thunder because they're really tanking. I have the Spurs at 14 because their roster's just trash. And I have the Jazz at 13. The only reason I am above is because Colin Sexton is going to be a tank commander and average like 30 a game. Jazz will actually be fun with Sexton and marketing, but that that's enough. Not, <laughs> and Rudy Gay. <laughs> we have, I'm not going to say it, but. <laughs> We're both thinking it. We're all we have a We have a great duo in Utah, let's say, with Rudy Gay and Colin Sexton. Use your imagination. That's enough of those teams because we know – they want Victor Wimbanyama. 12, I have the Rockets. Not a great roster, but Jalen Green is really good. And also solid. <laughs> he is my prediction for most improved player, just for reference. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Go for it, yeah. 11, I have the Kings. Let me preface. I can see them making the playoffs. They have a good roster. I'm going with the trend. I'm going to doubt them until they can make the playoffs. Because what they're now, since the Mariners made the playoffs, they are now officially the franchise that is the biggest playoff drought. And I hope they still have it because then it'll be the Hornets if they, uh, or actually, I don't, th- <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But Kings, they made good moves. I like their moves. They got Herder. Keegan Murray looks Really good, even though everyone was doubting that pick. My my whole thing was more, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if they had to take him at four. But yeah. he was definitely the right pick for them. Um, they also got Malik Monk, you know, and, and they freed some stuff up. So now it's De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis are the main two guys. Not sure how Davian Mitchell plays. But they have a good roster. The West is just really stacked, and they haven't made the playoffs in so many years that I, I can't, I can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> Any disagreements? No, I'm just not one of the, the the Kings are just one of those franchises. I'm like, what what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, they're they're actually doing good stuff. I think it's tough for anyone to disagree with what they've done. I think yeah. they make good moves. Yeah, but. When you have a talent like Tyrese Halliburton, well, like, that don't get me was wrong. not a good move. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Simone is, is a good player. But if you if I have Tyrese Halliburton on my roster and you come at me with an offer, DeMontis Sabonis straight up for Tyrese Halliburton, I'm laughing in your face and slamming the door on you because I don't I don't care how good Sabonis is right now. Halliburton is just as good and he's what twenty two? He also wanted to be on your team. <laughs> yes. 
He was that's, that that, guy that's already a struggle for you guys. Yeah. He's 22. He's just, yeah, 22. So now, so Tyrese Halliburton is going to be now like bounds and bounds better than Sabonis come his crime. And like you said, he's, he's one of one of very few people on the Kings who's like, I want to stay here for my entire career. I want to win something. games. I want to build something here. And you you go and you trade him away for a guy who, you know, might get you into the playoffs, but you're going to get swept. You're going to get swept in the first round if you make the playoffs, or you're going to lose in the play-in. I mean, I, I don't want to tell you, Kings fans. It's as simple as that. I mean, have fun with Sabonis and Fox as your little mid-duo. I know because... what to tell Kings fans. I'm praying for them. <laughs> Please, please call somebody if you're ever feeling down. <laughs> but right. yeah, it's just a, yeah, not not a good. Not, I'm not I'm not gonna be rooting for them. Really? Because I am rooting for them. I mean, I'm rooting for them in a sense in, of like in pity. Like I'm rooting for them. Yeah. Like in a sense of like I feel bad. Like yeah, like I I don't want them to like not win a single game, but like okay, I also but... <laughs> want I want the like I want the playoff route to end. It's just how bad how badly managed their franchise is. The reason I'm scared is because there are actually a good amount of like high up people in like the NBA community that believe in the Kings this year, and that's yeah. just gonna get Kings fans excited. And then if they just get another disappointing not playoff season. But what I will say is I want to see if they can somehow be an eight or seven seed and have a home play-in tournament game to mm. see that crowd because that would be kind of special. Doesn't doesn't the softy in you want to see that, Brett? But like, but the just the no. asshole. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another part of me that wants to see the Instagram post of. The Sacramento Kings have missed the playoffs for another year, another season, like three quarters of the way through the season. <laughs> we were like, wait a minute. I thought like I thought we have 20 games left. Damn, dude. So like, like, yeah, if I was a Kings fan, I would be like, You're just cruel. Kind of you're you're just you're just cruel. You want hey, you crave hey, violence. <laughs> hey, when the Celtics were bad and people shit on them and we stuck through it, that's we're- we're Boston, though. Like, we just suck as a fan base. That's debatable. I think we get a bad <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're going to, we're not going to acknowledge that because there's just a lot to, uh, that's one of those debates I'm willing to have off air. <laughs> But uh, we should definitely pull Will into that debate too, because he would. He would well, have he's some, a uh, Philly fan. He's not any better. No, but he would definitely have some 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 arguments to make. Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, maybe we'll record us and bring Will on, so he can like crap on our fan base, and then it'll just be us getting mad. Like you're a Philly fan, like you're going a little too hard right now. But no, dude, next podcast idea: ranking NBA fan bases. Yeah, we'll do that. Tier list. Yeah. All right, 10. I have the Blazers. Don't know what they're doing, but Dame is back. It's something. They acquired Jeremy Grant. To be fair, they got Jeremy Grant for cheap. Mm-hmm. They Anthony picked Anthony Simons, your boy. 
Anthony Simons, I really like. He's one of the best catch and shoot three point guys in the league. He is very good, but you know, you get some stuff for like, okay, last year they traded for a valuable guy in Josh Hart. Like he's a really good, you know, role player for you. They kind of gave up a lot essentially just to get him, but because they blew it up, which they should have. Still got Nurkic. Signed Gary Payton, who is in show showed incredible stuff last year for the Warriors. And I'm sure he'll have no trouble transitioning to Portland with this. Um, then obviously you trade for Jeremy Grant and you have Dame coming back, and then you're like, all right, just in case this doesn't work. Let's draft the guy with the most potential. <laughs> so they get Shaden Sharp, who's 19, who hasn't played in college. He's just he just sat the college year because he didn't want to play pretty much. But in the most prestigious high school tournament for AU basketball, you saw him and you're like, who the hell is this guy? He is unreal. He's not gonna be really ready this year to provide any value. He's truly Portland's fail safe in case none of this works, which yeah. I don't even know will be considered working for them. But <laughs> so then, you know, they can bail and go, okay, Simons and Sharp, that's the future. So, but um, yeah, I think they're just be Dame and CJ part two. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a decent team. I just, I just kind of have to, when it comes to Kings versus Trailblazers, because those are the two ones I have next to each other, it's like, am I trusting Dame or the combination of Fox and Sabonis in like 17 years and no playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> My answer is easy. So, but the wing depth with the Blazers is really bad and scary, but oh, yeah. the Blazers or Kings aren't going anywhere. So whoever comes in 10th, congratulations. <laughs> At nine, I have the Lakers. Fair um, they could be higher, of course, because I think uh, I think they made good moves. People hate Pat Beverly, but that was an amazing move by them. Regardless of his play, his the energy he has is so vital that the Lakers need that because mm-hmm. I remember there was one play that Malik Monk that was absurd and no one on the Lakers cared. and it was just like they don't want to be here so pat bev regardless of how he plays basketball or anything like that was a great move by them they got thomas bryant who is a solid center and damian jones another good backup center they got matt ryan summer league legend for the Celtics. (laughs) um lonnie walker i didn't understand that move they got dennis schroeder back too um but I, I guess the two big things when I'm like, hey, the Lakers could be good is I look at Pat Bev and I like Austin Reeves a lot. He's a hard worker and he showed me a lot of stuff. And I'm like, you can be a very good role player for that team. Yeah. And the Lakers seem to be smart because I think Russell Westbrook's going to be coming off the bench, which is perfect for him. He has always thrived when his team is trash because they, they just go, just be Russell Westbrook. You give him a bench unit. He is now playing against bench players, being able to be Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that is perfect for him. And I like the yeah. Darvin Ham coaching decision. I thought that was good by that. I agree, but I do think he has a very big handful with this team, just with 
personalities and egos and all that kind of stuff because you obviously have LeBron James who you know everybody (laughs) everybody I mean pretty unanimously is considered you know the best player um of our generation I mean that's undoubtable but obviously he's kind of on a decline well you know just just gotta say Mike Green thinks it's Kawhi Leonard but keep going the best player of our generation. Yes. Well, I want some of what he's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can tell him that. No, I've told him it's a really poor take. It's a very, like, yeah, it's just bad. That's one of those that went on my hot takes podcast. I don't know if I could upload it. Like, that might be a little too much, you know? <laughs> a little too spicy. Um, but anyway. Challenge. LeBron's on a decline. Russell Westbrook's on a decline, kind of like Anthony Davis. Who knows if he can stay healthy? Like, just this team's got so many obstacles to overcome. You've got age, you've got injuries, you've got egos, you've got depth for the most part. Because, like, they did add some depth, I'll give them that. But, like, when LeBron James is listed three or four times on your depth chart at different positions, I kind of get nervous for Lakers. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's kind of – I mean, him on any roster is that way. But, I don't know. I just feel like they had that one year in the bubble where they won it, obviously. It's just ever since they've kind of just been, like, trying to mix and match random free agents to minimum deals that you see it on – you see it in free agents, and you're like, okay, like, that guy is pretty good, but does he really fit? And they kind of just try to throw all these, like, puzzle pieces that don't really fit together together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just I don't know it's just it's just fun to make fun of Lakers that's that's why I'm at nine pretty much all the reasons you said I just I do think there is potential here that's what yeah. I will say um anyway eight yeah, I have so, the what was that I was, I was gonna say I also would not be surprised if uh LeBron James is sitting out the last 10 games of the season again because they just aren't in the playoffs We'll see. That would be wild. I mean, yeah, that would just be injuries, most likely, if you're thinking that. Yeah. Because, like, if Davis is healthy, it's hard to think a nine seed for them, I think. You know, yeah. that, but you can't, you definitely can't count on him to be healthy. So, no, you can't count on him to have a fully healthy season. He's going to have at least, you know, an injury or two here and then that keeps him out a couple of weeks. And well, I'm saying, I think he of... played, I don't know how many games he played, but none of them he was healthy. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, if he – say he plays 60, but he's it's 60 of healthy Anthony Davis, that that's super valuable. And a nine seed yeah. probably is not where they're at, but okay. we'll see. We'll see. You seem to want to put him lower. <laughs> no, I don't want to put him lower. I'm just – I like – I just don't – You don't have faith. Him. I just don't have faith. I mean, as a Celtics fan, it's hard to have faith in a Lakers team, but, like, it's hard to be objective okay yeah it's hard to be objective but like i i I don't see them any higher than like you know a low playoff team i think through my sports fandom i've done a very good job of not being biased and being objective i like to think i've done a very good job of that i've kind of mastered it it's been something i've been working on which is why you know my immediate friends who are for instance patriots fans and i say they're going seven and (laughs) ten They get mad at me. 
Next but, thing you know, you have the greatest quarterbacks is Tom Brady. That's the thing. Okay, number eight. <laughs> we got I got the Mavericks. Luke is amazing. I don't think people understood how important Brunson was to that run last year. But they are getting uh Tim Hardaway back. And Christian Wood. I don't like that move necessarily. Everyone was everyone was acting like they got like their guy. I mean, he's not their guy. <laughs> no, but everyone when they saw Christian Wood to the max was like, oh my God, what a deal. This completely turns them around. I'm like, if they lose Brunson, then it's an L of a trade. And in essence of if you're losing Brunson, but you're getting Christian Wood, it's like you lost that. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I just think there's a heavy burden on Luca this year because they didn't do a ton. I know they're getting Tim Hardaway back, but Tim Hardaway is just a catch and shoot guy. Yeah. And other than that, I don't know any improvements that can be made from the guys already on the roster. We know who Reggie Bullock is. We know who Bertans is. We know who Dinwiddie is. Dinwiddie's 29. He's not going to get that much better. We know who Finney Smith is. He's also 29. Josh Green's 21. If he could shoot, then that would be helpful because he's a good defender and athlete. But I'm not counting on it. Max Cleaver's 30. He's going to be what he is. Until Akina is 24, I don't know what he could add to his game to really help this team. He's not going to be like Brunson. No. And then, yeah, you got Christian Wood at 27. But Christian Wood also, let me remind you, in case anyone doesn't know, has never played a meaningful minute of his life in the NBA. He's been on the Pistons and the Rockets, okay? Those doubles-doubles don't mean a thing. And he's going to be coming off the bench, so how much can he really... But you're, but you're coming into a system with Luka. Like, I mean, you can't you can't discredit the fact... I mean, you're a Luka fan, I don't, and I know you want to be objective, and I know you want to be whatever, but Luka just makes players better. He makes... He I think Luka is very difficult to play with. You think? He he demands the ball like a lot. I think there's certain like I think Maxi Cleaver he has made his career. That's one guy I think he has like made his career. I think Brunson had to deal with a lot of crap from Luca in terms of like Luca wanting the ball, but it's like Brunson's kind of going off. Like Brunson's hot. He has a mismatch. You should give it to him, and he wouldn't. Like, but they also made the Western Conference Finals. You know, like. So what I also do want to preface is I say eight, and normally people think eight seed. That's terrible. When I read you the other seven teams, you're going to be like, this conference is stacked. So, like, I'm saying eight, but the Mavericks aren't a bad team. And, you know, they could be very good. Um, but that's why I got with the Mavericks. So hold on to it because it seems like you might want to move them up a bit. Okay. Seven, I got the Clippers, and this is a middle ground for me, simply because if they are completely healthy, they're going to be higher than seven. If they are really injured, they're going to be lower than seven. So I just put them at seven. I, I didn't really know what to do because you do look at it, and it's like, you know, I have a tough time being objective about Kawhi just because he, like, annoys me. but. How does Kawhi Leonard annoy you? With the Spurs stuff, that was really that was really bad from him. What Spurs stuff? 
I just be like, like him requests a train, just be like, I'm out. And then he goes to Toronto, he wins a title. And it's like, yeah, screw you, Toronto, I'm going to LA. <laughs> and then people like to act like he's so innocent. Yet in the bubble, he did, he blew a 3-1 lead and was horrendous in game seven. They act like if he gets to the playoffs, he's this absolute god, which he has been his whole career. But the last we saw of him, was it the bubble? Yes. Yeah. The last we saw him was the bubble where it was not a good playoff run from him. Yeah. So, and he hasn't played basketball in over a year. I, I just think, it, I think it's tough to expect Kawhi Leonard to be Kawhi Leonard. How many injuries can he have until it starts to wear on him? Because um, he is, uh, he is 31. We're starting to get to that point where, you know, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if you're getting better. I know, I know, like just these guys can now play longer with how, you know, I guess treating your body has improved through the ages. So I don't necessarily know the age you start to decline now. But no, Kawhi's an amazing player. It's just tough for me to predict him to come back from not playing in over a year and be amazing and i would also like to say i'm pretty sure he was fully ready he was either fully ready or he wasn't trying to get ready to come back for the clippers last year when paul george was <laughs> kind of rubbed me the wrong way personally that doesn't <laughs> seem like a competitor and a gamer in my mind fair enough but yeah they got i mean yeah they have a good roster you got Kawhi, you got paul george leading the pack I don't want to hear this John Wall stuff. <laughs> it's kind of annoying. He's fine. He is not Wizards John Wall. No. It's not a big three created because John Wall went there. But Zubac's a solid player. Norman Powell's a solid player. Covington's another solid player. Batum. They have a bunch of role players on their roster. I didn't even mention Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann as well, Marcus Morris. Like The roster is stacked. I'm just anticipating George and Kawhi are going to play 100, 120 games combined. So that's why I got him at the seven seed. Because they got plenty of players, but what are your yeah. thoughts? No, I agree with that. They're definitely going to load manage these two guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they have the potential to make a second or, uh, or third round playoff run, but they are going to be a little – a lower seed going into it, I can imagine. I would say below five, you know, being generous. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I like the roster. It's just the type of thing where it's, yeah, you've seen these two guys in the playoffs before together, and it's just not impressive. Like, I'm, I've just never been impressed by them. It's just like the type of thing where it's like a lot of years in the West, you come up as a, a Celtics fan, and you're like, I wouldn't be upset about playing the Clippers in the finals because it wouldn't be that. You know, it wouldn't be as bad of a matchup as some other teams in the West, or you know what I mean. So, I mean, they went further without Kawhi. Yeah, like it, it's people act like Clippers, 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 because when Kawhi and Paul George was there, the NBA world blew up, and I was even someone that thought the Clippers would win that year. They haven't done a thing. Just simply put, they haven't done a thing since this thing's been created. <laughs> I have no reason to believe something's going to happen. And maybe it will. Maybe it will. But it's that simple for me. 
Pat Six, I got the Suns. Um, this has nothing to do with the preseason game where they lost to an Australian <laughs> team. It has nothing to do with that. I just look at it. Chris Paul's going to turn 38. He's already showing signs of aging. Jay Crowder's going to be gone. Does DeAndre Aiden want to be there? No. I-, I wouldn't if I was him. And just simply put, like, based on these teams ahead, someone has to go down in the standings, and it's them. They're not going to be a one seed again. No. I think they will be, like, relatively fine. It's just I'm not high on them. That's simple. I, I don't like – I don't – think their defense will be very good. And I don't know if the effort will be there every game. So if you're Aiden, you probably don't want to be there. So it's like, why, you know, I get disrespected here. And then I try to leave and I'm the problem and all that. <laughs> and then you won't let me leave. And I'm the one holding this defense together. <laughs> Maybe I just shouldn't play defense. Yeah. Like I could see that. Like, I don't know. It, it's just this is like the West version of the Nets, where it's I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's gonna play out. In my eyes, it's just one of those teams where they had their opportunity and they blew it, and it's just not gonna yeah. happen again. They're just not gonna get back to that spot, and I'm confident in that. Luca literally yeah. killed the franchise for I don't know how long, <sighs> but Suns fans are gonna see this collapse. Like, they're going to see this team not do well, and the only thing that's going to be through their mind is Luka Doncic just step back, breaking Cam Johnson's ankles, hitting a three, holding that follow-through, and laughing. Yes. Because you had to start talking when you didn't win the series. And Luka is just one of those guys where, you know, once you make it personal, that's when he, like, flips. Yeah. Because I, I think he's one of those guys, Luca, where he sometimes needs motivation to do something. Yeah. Because the game's so easy for him. <laughs> he could kind of – he got to go on autopilot and get you 25, 10, and 10 in the regular season, right? Yeah. And even in the playoffs. But I think everyone has this where motivation is what gets you going. And the Suns had to do that. They just had to. And I, I don't I genuinely think if they didn't do what they did to Luca in that game five, I think they would have won. <laughs> yeah. I know it was an absolute collapse in game seven, but I just think I just think they shouldn't have done that, simply put. And and that's obviously hindsight, but I just until it's just classic karma. Like you don't say anything until it's over. Then you can say <laughs> whatever you want. Yep. Yeah, I mean. I couldn't have said it better myself. Just the Aiden situation is awful because he's, you know, one of your best players. You don't act like you want him, even though he's essential to you winning. Chris Paul is just going to be at one point just too old to play a lot. And he's, his game is regressing and all that kind of stuff. And the roster didn't get any better. Like you said, they're losing Jay Crowder. It's just, just, I'm just not, if there was a prop, for 
you know, Phoenix Suns not making the NBA Finals. I mean, obviously that would just would never happen, but I would put everything I own on it because <laughs> they won't make the finals again for, you know, at least another 10 years. So tough. They, they need to go through another full rebuild to kind of get back. And who knows if Devin Booker will be on that next team because they lost their opportunity. They really did. It's, I mean, I, I can't say it's sad because I'm not a fan, but it kind of was sad. I mean, I I was rooting for the Bucks when they played each other in the finals, and you know I was happy when that happened because I think Giannis deserved that wholeheartedly. But this team had every piece and every opportunity to win, and they just didn't do it. So it's just just as simple as that for me. Yeah. So I think with my East standings, if you listen to the last one, and so far in the West, it's been pretty tame. Nothing crazy yet. I know there's some fans like he hasn't mentioned a team yet. <laughs> and I'm not mentioning them yet because I'm very high on them. So the Grizzlies are my five. Interesting. Okay. The Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. injury. It's a little, a little scary. They're not going to have him for a while. And I think he was super important to that team last year with the, with the regular season defense to get him as high of a record as they have. Jaw always scares me when he just goes airborne. Like, I just get scared he's going to get hurt. And if he gets hurt, that's an injury. And I know the Grizzlies had a very good record without him, but I don't buy it. <laughs> um, I know the team is pretty much the same. I liked all of the rookie picks they made, I will say. Kennedy Chandler was a steal in the second round. That is a perfect backup point guard for them. Jake LaRavia has a lot of potential at Wake Forest. I saw him in ACC tournament. He was very good. Which, fun story for anyone listening, the NBA had said that Jake LaRavia was 22 years old, I believe. And he was projected to be a late second round pick. He ended up going to the NBA, proving that he is 20 years old, so two years younger, and that brought him up to the number 18 pick to Grizzlies. Really? <laughs> Simply because of his age. Wow. Kenny Lofton Jr., um, he's sponsored by Toll House Cookies. He's not, <laughs> but that that would be funny if he was. I like him. He, he's really fun. <laughs> he bodied Chet Holmgren at Summer League, <laughs> but I, I, he's a fun player. And David Roddy's another tough guy that's just going to fit that Grizzly system. But as far as the potential with the with the Grizzlies, I mean, they have a great backup point guard in Tyus Jones. They got Danny Green, who I think is really at the end of his career. But Brand Clark's good. They pretty much have the same team. I just like these other four teams ahead of them more, simply put. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, they didn't really make a whole lot of moves or whatever, and they just kind of they're just kind of banking on their players getting better. Which I probably, I mean, it's hard to place them. I'm I see them between like four and six. Like they could be as low as six, they could be as high as four, but they're probably gonna be middle of the pack. Um, they're better than a lot of West teams. They're not, you know, they're not a, probably not. A, I mean, I can say confidently they're not a top three, and they're probably not a top four. But I don't know. This team is exciting and got a lot of young guys that are just willing to buy into the system. And, you know, 
look out for each other. And I think they've got a lot of guys that are going to steadily improve, if not, you know, drastically improve. I'm looking at guys like Desmond Bain. I'm looking at guys like Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, John Morant. Like, you got guys that are exciting to watch. They're continually getting better as long as they're healthy. Um, and then you just got solid pieces around them. So I don't think to this year's their year. I don't think they're, they're going to be contending for anything, but I do think they're kind of one of those teams on the rise. And if they just keep adding solid players to the draft and kind of improving what they got, I think they'll be kind of in that finals contention within the next maybe two to three years. So, yeah, I just had him at five because of the Jaron Jackson injury. I, I don't know how long it's going to be. I think it's going to be substantial. The only reason I'm not too confident with that pick is because they want all the smoke. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. That is the only reason. But at number four, I am going to mention the team now. It's the Pelicans. Oh, 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 you were thinking a different. No, that team ain't, ain't coming up yet. That wow. team ain't coming up yet. You are you are crazy. I'm holding man. them. It's I'm being really crazy with my West standings because I think you it's are. gonna be tight and a wild race. But I loved watching the Pelicans at the end of last year. Cause you looked at that team and you're like, Brandon Ingram's a star. He is. Jackson Hayes all of a sudden was a useful piece. What would seem like a major bust was starting to be a very useful piece for them. Obviously, we know Valanciunas is good. They got C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance at the trade deadline, who were fantastic. And then we obviously have them, them rookies, Alvarado, which I saw him way too much on my social media feed. He is actually a good basketball player. He's just been memed yeah. <laughs> to no end. Trey Murphy's a knockdown shooter, and I anticipate that to continue. And Herb Jones is one of the best defenders in the league, who I was on extremely early last year i was trying to mention it to people and like dude pelicans rookie like shut up (laughs) (laughs) and then you looked at that team last year and like dude what's something they need i think this team would be better if there was like a dominant force in the paint like i think that's what would make them better right well guess what zion williamson's healthy so they have that they have that star inside presence in Zion and based on everything I've seen from Zion when he does play like he's good like he's a good player (laughs) obviously yeah yeah, he's kind of good obviously he could be injured and you know I hope he's not because I have him in my fantasy basketball league which Brett is in which (laughs) you know we got some we got some punishments if you get the worst the least amount of points each week so hopefully he's not hurt for me um and Dyson Daniels, who, if, if the Pelicans were to do anything to make me love them more, they drafted my favorite prospect this year in Dyson Daniels. G League Ignite player, super versatile. He's like a 6'6 point guard, elite defender, probably the best athlete in the draft. Amazing player. And they got him, and he's going to fit perfectly in that team to be that role player, I think, because he already has like pro experience playing in the G League. Um, so yeah, super high on the Pelicans. Yeah, I am. I am too. I think a lot of it depends on Zion's health, which obviously we're rooting for him to have a fully healthy season because he's just dominant and he's fun to watch. Yeah, just very fun to watch. Um, yeah, because I just 
it's it's a, it's a good roster. It really is. They got their two go-to guys in Ingram and McCollum, and you could potentially be looking at a big three at some point later in the season where you have a healthy Zion Williams, you have a healthy C.J. McCollum, a healthy Brandon Ingram, and you've got a lot of good young supporters. And you know, like you said, Herb Jones. Uh, so, yeah, I could see this team contending, and I, I think they played very well last year. Um, who'd they lose to in the playoffs? They lost to the Suns, but everyone was freaking out that the Suns were going to lose in the first round because it was yeah, it was that close. Okay, they won. They won two games, and Game Five was close. I think Chris Paul went flashback to the past in Game Five <laughs> or Game Six, whichever one. So yeah, so very high on this team, and I think their future is bright. And I think yeah, I think they are you know in that. Top five lock and definitely could I could see them in the top three category. Yeah. All right, so I should probably say them now, right? <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go with the Warriors at three. Is this a joke? No, I'm being serious. You're being serious. I'm being 100% serious. You're being 100% serious. I'm being 100% serious. Let me remind you, this is regular season. This is nothing to do with playoffs. Because playoffs is a different game. <laughs> yeah, but still. Okay. I want to I wanna, I wanna hear your take on when that team comes up. Yeah, I mean, okay, so with the Warriors, though, right, I have no – like, this roster's the same as last year. It's stacked. I get it. I don't even care about the Draymond stuff. Like they'll be fine, whatever. I I just get a little worried when you win a title. Like you, I feel like you always start off slow. I bet what will happen is they will destroy the Lakers to start the year, and then they'll kind of be five hundred until they're like not five. They'll they'll go like thirteen and seven the first few, and they'll kind of just kind of just get to the postseason. I don't know. I think it's really tough to be motivated. After you win a title, I know the Warriors are a team and they still have most of those guys who have, you know, been in a part of a dynasty. So they know how, like, just because you win a title, you got to get the next one. You got to keep going. I'm not I'm not sure how the rest of the guys will do it. Um, but they're they're a really good team. And when it comes to the playoffs. They're going to be all set. I just have them three. That's simple. Okay. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you respectfully, but simply, simply because you, you know, the remaining two teams. Yeah. Um, so should but... I just get to them? So then we can like argue on where the Warriors should yeah, be. Could, but we... I'll give my, my quick Warriors bit. And I'm just going to okay. say the returning with, you know, the championship team that they had, they added DiVincenzo, which people are kind of clowning on, but I think is a low key sneaky move because, He's a very solid guard. He proved out the bug. Does that make up for Gary Payton? No, not at all. But what does make up, I mean, I don't think anything will make up for that playoff presence that he had last year, which was just insane for a guy of, you know, his role on that team. But you have a guy like Jonathan Kaminga who's going to improve. You have a guy coming in like Dante DiVincenzo who didn't have a healthy year last year, but when he is healthy, he is a very serviceable role player. You have you have a Moses Moody. You have James Wiseman to potentially being healthy, which that is another one of those things where like, yeah, his 
his floor is very low right now, but he's also got a very high ceiling where if he can put in a fully healthy season, he's not going to be a, you know, a DeAndre Eaton right away, or he's not going to be a, another one of those big starting centers, but he's a seven footer who was very highly touted out of college. So I'm still holding out hope for him. I mean, I'm not a Warriors fan, obviously, but I think this team's going to be the same, if not better. Obviously, the Gary, uh, the Gary Payton, you know, loss kind of hurts them a little bit, but I think, I don't think it's going to be that substantial in the long run, personally. And I think, you know, their young guys are going to get better. Steph's only going to be, you know, just as good as he was last year, if not a little bit better, because he's Steph and he just kind of defies all odds. And Clay Thompson's going to be has another healthy season under his belt. He's going to be a little bit better, I'd hope so. I'm high on this team, and the fact that I know exactly who's going to be your, your two rank is why I have them even higher than I probably would. That's fair. I would also say, like, it's the same thing. Playoffs doesn't matter to them. So, like, if they were a three seed, they're fine with it. I don't think they'd go super crazy to try to get higher. So, my two ahead. seed is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, with these next two picks – this is either going to make me an absolute genius who can predict the future or the biggest idiot on Spotify. One of the two, and there's no in between. I hope it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. I'm ready. Give it to okay. me. Okay. Okay. Rudy Gobert trade. This is again, this is not playoff. So all this playoff go bear stuff, shut up, stop thinking about it, and just come come to my little cave so I can explain this to you. Rudy Gobert in the regular season, there's a reason he wins all his DPOIs. He has the biggest, one of the biggest impacts on any team in the regular season, simply because of his defense, because teams aren't necessarily strategizing on how to counter Rudy Gobert on defense like they do in the playoffs. Because you got to think in the NBA, in a playoff series, like, okay, we're playing this team for seven games. We're going to pull all-nighters to figure out the best strategy to win. In the NBA, it's like you're playing a game every two to three days. Like, you give kind of brief overviews of what you want to do. <laughs> you, you don't have all the time in the world necessarily to try to think of these specific game plans. And I think that's why Rudy Gobert is a lot more successful in the regular season. So I know they gave up a ton to get him. And I'm not saying it's a good deal. I'm really not saying it's a good deal. I'm just saying the regular season impact is massive from Rudy Gobert. Anthony Edwards is only going to get better. And I know they gave up a lot of pieces. Like they gave up Pat Bev. They gave up Vanderbilt. They gave up. Who else did they give up? I know they gave up like a bunch of picks and two guys that are kind of mad. I feel like they gave up one more guy that was like good. Was it uh there's that white guy? Was it Ty is Ty's Jones? No. I'm gonna look it up real quick. But so you know, you can you can say that um right, that lost them depth. And I think I think that was someone's people's concerns is that it lost depth. Malik Beasley. Yep. Oh, there you go. Fairly decent loss, I will admit. So three three role players. I think they did a good job managing with it where 
They got Kyle Anderson. They got Bryn Forbes. Those are two guys I believe are good. Jalen Noel needed more minutes last year, and now he has an opportunity to get more minutes. You still have Torian Prince, Nas Reed, and they got Austin Rivers. I think their bench is fine. And there was an emergence of Jaden McDaniels last year where he was actually a really, really good player for them and seems like someone who's going to be good, and I think you're going to see it in the regular season. I also kind of like that they got Wendell Moore in the draft because he was an upperclassman at Duke, so I think he'll be more ready for the NBA than some of these other rookies to provide value. And I'm super high on Anthony Edwards. The one thing that worries me about this two thing is that Cat had a really bad illness, so he lost like 19 pounds. But for all I know, that can make him better. It can make him better for all I know. Because he's going to be playing power forward, so it might be better that he's a little slimmer. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. The talent is there. My two concerns, and there's yeah, two. You don't really agree with me, don't. <laughs> no, no, no. The talent is there. Like, Anthony Edwards is a stud. But you don't agree with two. You, you think I'm wild. No, I don't. I do not agree with two. And they're for mainly for basketball reasons, not for talent-wise. Like, the talent is there. They have, I'm going to count them up, one, two, three, four guys who could, I'll say three guys who could be and have been the number one option on their teams at some point. Um, Rudy Gobert, I mean, is very good. I'm not going to discredit him as a player. He's a very good player. My one, no, my two things. So my first thing is, who's going to be taking the shots? Because, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's just there's just too many there's too many mouths to feed on this offense. Obviously, Rudy Gobert doesn't demand the ball by any means, but like he 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 when he grabs the ball off the off the rim, he goes up with it most of the time. So a lot of the second chance you know opportunities are going to be going to him off of his rebounds. He's fine. You, know, you have you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Anthony Edwards. Who are, I mean, D'Angelo Russell has kind of sunken into his like pass first kind of you know pure point guard role which I haven't really been a huge fan of because I was a pretty big fan of him on the Nets him being like the number one guy but good for him I guess he wants to to buy into the team or whatever he realizes Anthony Andrews is that guy because he is my other thing is defensively because if you've ever seen Carl Anthony Towns play and if you expect him to play the power forward position, I think you're crazy because of just how unmobile he is. This guy looks like he's walking on stilts when he's out there. Like he looks like you could blow him over with just like the wind. He was, you know, okay at the five, but he kind of got bodied and just the more mobile centers kind of blew past him. Now you expect him to play power forward where you have guys like Jason Tatum. You have guys like potentially Jimmy Butler. You have guys like that who are going to just run circles around him. And then you're going to expect him to like switch on to like two threes. Um, it, I just don't see this defensive team working whatsoever, regardless of how good Rudy, Rudy Gobert is on offense, because there's only so much he can do as a, as a defender. And Carl Anthony Towns is a liability. So like, put, like planting him on like the other teams, like, you know, dump off center where it's like, oh, it's, I don't know, Willie Hernan Gomez or something. You're like, okay, I, I I can take seven from Willie Hernan Gomez because Carl Anthony Towns is going to score 20-something. But 
when you're going to be putting up on guys on fours where you're going to expect them to have to switch and do all these kinds of things, I just don't think it's going to work. And I just think that uh, they're just not going to be a fast team. They're going to have to play it really slow. But Anthony Edwards is like a high-octane guy who needs to – I mean, he doesn't need to play fast, but he plays much better when he plays fast. I just think there's going to be change – or there's going to be pace issues. There's going to be defensive issues. I think they probably will score a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. They, they will be one of those teams that it's like – I'm going to say like the Lions of the NBA where they're going to be putting so – you think some, the defense can be that bad? I, I genuinely think that in a league where, like, you need four guys who can constantly defend the perimeter. And, you I mean, I hate to bring up the Celtics almost every conversation, but, like, you've seen how defensive-oriented the Celtics have been, whether, like, every single guy we bring in needs to be able to defend at least four positions on, on the court. And they've done that. And it, it worked. It got them to the finals last year, and I am confident that they will have a deep playoff run this year, barring any crazy, you know, whatever. But they just don't – it's just going to be a mismatch heaven for anybody who plays against them. I really genuinely think that. Because, I mean, and obviously, like you said, regular season, there's going to be discrepancies where teams that, you know, might not be playoff ready as much as, you know, lower seeds below them get higher seeds because, you know, they played well in the regular season, whatever. But I just don't – when I, as soon as I saw that trade, I was like, what are you guys doing? Postseason, eyes, it doesn't make sense. I'm not going to disagree with you. These are just regular season rankings. But well, that's, fair. And that's that, And that's why I was – that's why I could understand it more that you have them at the two spot. <laughs> um, because I, I see them as like a, a six. But like I could see them as high as a four potentially. Like I don't see them any higher than a four. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like, I don't know what they were doing with that trade. I hated it. And if I was a Timberwolves fan, I would have been like, like screaming at my phone when I saw that, that tweet, because you have a guy like Anthony Edwards and you're just going to be, I mean, obviously the real bear is not going to demand the ball every play and he's not going to. No, he, he never demands the ball. <laughs> that's what, I'm not worried about that. I'm just, I'm just like, it's just the, the type of thing where it's like, you have a guy like Anthony Edwards and you choose to add another $30 million guy onto your roster who $40 million almost who like in my eyes, just doesn't really add to what they're trying to do. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like the Timberwolves as a playoff team at all. I mean, obviously like we're talking about regular season here, yada, yada, but when, in my eyes, they should have re- they should have built around Anthony Edwards. They should have used the assets they had and either made trades to better suit his game, like the Mavericks did with Luca, or you know, so on and so forth. But I don't know. I just don't see this team. I'm just not high on it whatsoever. I think you could argue this is building for him, but I think it would be a longer discussion than I want to have tonight. So I'd be willing to have a discussion later about. Cool why I think I th- still think the Gobert trade is bad, but just to bring some more logic into it, because I think people hear Gobert and they think you can't win a championship with that guy. So they automatically go, I wouldn't give up anything that. for. No, I'm not. Well saying I'm that. saying I'm saying people in general. Not necessarily yeah. saying you. Just that that's what people think. And then in the Timberwolves case where they get him, people are like, but they have Carl Anthony Towns. Do they need another center? That doesn't make any sense. So it's like 
it's things like that. So I think, you know, I'd be willing to, I first off, Gobert is like my second least favorite player in the league, but I find I have to defend this man more than anybody who talks about this stuff because I try to be a realist and not biased. Like that's something I really try to do. And I find myself defending him to the point where people think I'm a supporter of him and a fan of him. And I'm really not, (laughs) but in this case, I'm a fan of Anthony Edwards. So I, I hope it kind of works out, but I think that's enough Timberwolves talk. Once again, this will either make me seem like a genius who can predict the future or the dumbest guy out here. So I'm willing, I'm willing to roll with it. Simply put. So that leaves the one seed, which is the Nuggets. They were the sixth seed last year. Somehow, with that team last year, they were the sixth seed. The bonuses of last year, as you looked and you saw, okay, Bones Highland's a really good player for your bench unit as far as scoring, and he can play in big games and big moments, and that's great to see. They got two additions, not like injury um, additions. KCP, very valuable role player, has played in big games. And Bruce Brown, very valuable role player. Not going to say he's played in big games yet, but he he is very intriguing. And he is one of the better off-ball movement guys, which is going to work perfectly with Jokic. And I'd argue Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's a decent passer for a power forward. You're getting back Michael Porter Jr., who I know how long can you count on him to stay healthy. That, that's definitely a thing, and I acknowledge it. But when he's healthy, he's a really good player, and he fits. And you're also getting back Jamal Murray, who has been out for a while, and I think people forget how good Jamal Murray really is. And I don't think these guys have played with Aaron Gordon yet, who Aaron Gordon's a good player. So, like, your starting lineup is going to be Jamal Murray. I'd anticipate Bruce Brown at the two. I do that, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. at the three. Aaron Gordon at the four. Jokic at the five. It's a very scary line, in my opinion. Okay. And then you have KCP, Bones Highlands, on that bench and Jeff Green as well of that who's been there. I think DeAndre Jordan's kind of washed, but they have him. Um, I like the rookies they got in Christian Braun and Colin Gillespie because they're both guys who have played in huge college games. So I don't think the transition will be terrible for them. And there's also a move to be made for this team at the trade deadline. If they need, if they need a little something, I do think they're kind of one piece away. But I just look at it as Jokic somehow got that team to a six seed last year. <laughs> this is a far better team than last year. And throughout Jokic's career, he gets a lot of wins and is usually in that upper tier of the standings. And I think this is the best roster he's played with by far. So that's that's my pitch for Nuggets as the one seed. Oh. I don't think this pick is crazy. <laughs> this pick is I mean, a lot more tame than <laughs> than your number two. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it could like this is just very dependent on health, you know. 
Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, if they stay healthy, they could be very easily a one to two seed. If those guys can't stay healthy, they could be another six seed and they could be Jokic breaking his back, trying to carry his team through a first round playoff series. But yeah, no, I think they've got young talent. They've got an MVP, a back-to-back MVP. They've got guys coming off injury who at their full potential. I mean, we've only seen one guy really at his full potential um who honestly could get better because Jamal Murray is only, only 25 we don't really think talk about that that much he's a guy that is very good people forget about it just because of injury and then Michael Porter Jr who you know can you still hear me yeah my that's it my headphones said keep talking um but yeah Michael Porter Jr they paid him 30 million dollars for a reason that he's got a He's got to be good when he's healthy. So, I mean, like I said, depend, completely dependent on health. Jokic is you know, a generational player. I think he could, you know, take a team a team to a five seed with absolutely nobody on the roster. So, uh, I think, yeah, I think this is a good pick. Uh, I just, like I said, completely dependent on how many guys can actually stay healthy throughout the season. Yeah, my, my Jamal Murray thing is when basketball is at its highest level that we've seen, which was the bubble, which I don't care what anyone says, that's when basketball is at its highest level because there was no distractions at all, no fans, none of that. Everyone likes to say Mickey Mouse ring for the LeBron. I don't care. It was, a, if anything, the most legit ring, truthfully, yeah. in my opinion. But um, when basketball was at its peak, Jamal Murray was a top five player. Not saying he's a top five player. I'm just saying he's really good. (laughs) And he was battling it out with the best. He was the main reason, more so than Jokic, that the Clippers blew the 3-1 lead and the Nuggets went to the Western Conference Finals and that bubble was him. He was dropping 50, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, He also brought them back from a 3-1 lead down versus the Jazz, where Mitchell is scoring 50 every time and they're duking it out. So Jamal Murray is unreal to me. And obviously, it matters if he's healthy or not. Mm-hmm. I was so comfortable with the Nuggets as the one-seed picks. I'm like, let's say MPJ and Murray both get hurt, which is possible. Jokic is still there, and he's a very durable player. And I think he himself, maybe not a one-seed, but could get a top three or four-seed with this yeah. roster without MPJ or Murray. So I'm very comfortable with that pick, but correct me if I'm wrong. If I were to summarize maybe some changes you would make to this, you'd probably have Warriors at the two. Um, You'd probably have Grizzlies at like the three, maybe. Grizzlies or Pelicans at the three. I'm not sure who you'd have. I would probably Pelicans, and then I'm guessing I would say you'd have like Grizzlies four. You might even you you like the Mavericks. It seemed like so you might bring them higher. But basically, yeah. you would have Timberwolves like maybe in a play in or one of those no, last. No, seasons. I'd have I'd have the Timberwolves at like a six, probably like a five or a six. I would not have them at a two. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. So to wrap it up here, this is more to see if I'm right, (laughs) if I hit any of these, but end of season awards that I have. 
you can tell me if you, if you like the pick or if you have a different pick or whatever. So MVP, I have Jokic, which would make sense with my standings. He'd be the first three time in a row MVP since Larry Bird. I know it would be, it's a tall task just because they don't like to vote for the same guys for MVP. But my thought is if Jokic had similar stats, but only this time he was the one seed, it's kind of tough to not give it to him unless some other guy was unreal. But just really matched with my standings. Defensive player of the year, I would have Gobert again, which would, again, make sense with what I'm thinking the season will go. Um, But a bunch of guys could be in there, right? Bam. But I'm like, Bam doesn't play enough games. Giannis, but Giannis also misses games too. So Gobert is a guy I feel like would play a ton of games, and I think voters would appreciate if the Timberwolves had a terrible defensive rating last year. Then Gobert comes over, and it's like, oh, <laughs> they're a really good defensive team now. And NBA nerds love the analytics, so they love Gobert. Most improved player, I said Jalen Green. Jalen Green is our guy. <laughs> Yeah. We together are very high on him, and I am super excited <laughs> for him to just basically be on this dumpster team. And because what I've seen, I am so excited. He's literally a human highlight reel. He has his jumper now. His jumper looks really good. He's gone used to the NBA range. And I look at the trend of last year and the level he was improving at each week, and it's got me very excited. Sixth man of the year, I said Brogdon, simply because I know he'll be the sixth man, and he's going to be on a great team, and he is not a six-man player, but it's what fits the roster. So sixth man of the year is always tough because you don't necessarily know who's going to be the sixth man. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Brogdon will be. I agree. And then coach of the year, I had the Nuggets coach, which <laughs> makes sense because I'm his one seed. Fair enough. Oh, rookie of the year. That's the one I forgot. Paolo. Oh. It's going to be averaging probably 30, 18, and six. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no. Um, I think Paolo's really good, and I know he's going to get the uh, the minutes. But Keegan Murray would be my other pick just because, you know, he's looked really good so far mm-hmm. through everything. And he'll get opportunity with the Kings. So, I think that's a good uh, NBA wrap-up. Um, just to break the fourth wall here, because I got a lot of crap for my Denver pick, they are now up 10 nothing. so Denver Broncos. But that that's it. Um, so thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for joining, Brett. Of course. And, uh, and tune in next time. <laughs>